All right, Phil, let's do it. Bring us in. Can you fucking believe it? Ooh, going back to the well. I like it. I like it. All right, so this week... Uh, oh, welcome to episode... What is it? 33. Uh, <laughs> our <laughs> one year and one episode. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so this week, uh, unfortunately... For all the Phil fans out there, we may have an Amos-heavy podcast on this one. Oh, it's alright. Okay, yeah, I've watched a ton of movies this week. <laughs> all podcasts have those down podcasts. Oh, yeah, they can't, they, they can't all be gold. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this week, I in a very stunning reversal, I have watched a bunch of movies, and you haven't really watched hardly any. Well, I was on vacation. Well, I know, but, well, damn it, Phil, I wanted to make it sound like I was doing my job. <laughs> you had access to my television and my DVD. Oh, man, yeah, and totally. I don't, I did completely <laughs> took advantage of it, too. But, okay, so, uh, let's see. We got two movies that we, or no, three movies that we've both seen. Ooh. Uh, would you rather do uh, the movies we've both seen, or ones that we haven't seen together first? Uh, why don't you start us off with uh, The Marlboro Man? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so, middle of the night. Uh, I tend not to sleep very well these days. Uh-huh. So, I was watching Encore. Mm-hmm. Encore action. In the middle of the night, literally about 2.30 in the morning, 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we came upon the magnum opus known as Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Indeed. Okay, so to give a little bit of background, this one would have been uh, the one that stars Mickey Rourke and Don Johnson. And Don Johnson Johnson is the Marlboro Man. Is he? And he's the uh, cowboy. And uh, yeah, and he totally. Dressed, I mean, he dressed. They they have the whole uh, cliche cowboy thing. He's got the cowboy hat and the, the the you know scarf around his neck and all this crap. And um, Mickey Rourke is uh, Harley Davidson, and he's the biker guy. Of course. So and they're buddies for some reason. And see, the problem is, is I missed about the first fifteen or twenty minutes. Uh-huh. So I don't know how they became friends, <laughs> but they were friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, you know, cut me a little slack here, but they, uh, they mastermind this uh, heist mm. because their friend who owns a bar is going out of business. So they're going to rob a train to give him a bunch of money to keep his bar open. Okay. Yeah. So when they rob the train, uh, they <laughs> instead of getting any money, they get like six bricks of this fictional drug. Uh-huh. It's like the pure form of some drug that doesn't actually exist. Right. And it looks like these big <laughs> bricks of blue jello. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't even remember what it's called. I mean, couldn't they just go with Coke? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, no, but it's this fictional drug. But, uh, so then they have to, they, they try to sell it back to the guy who owns it and, and machinations ensue and whatever. And, you know, they cuss a lot, and they, they shoot people, and whatever. Sounds like general fun. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Comcast gave it one star. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think I looked it up in the book, and I think that was it was like one bone. 
But it was, you know, it was much more badly enjoyable than that. It really was. Yeah, it was. It was a, you know, it was one of those ones where, yes, it was bad, (laughs) but it was badly enjoyable. It had, it had quite a bit of Franciscusness. I might, I I will venture to say. And um, there was quite a few notables in it, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. Some cameos. Totally. Okay. So there was Don Johnson and Mickey Rourke. Fine. They're the leads. Okay. There was um, Daniel Baldwin, or no, Stephen Baldwin. Who's the fat one now? Daniel. Okay. He was like the coke addict Baldwin, who was in Vampires. Okay. So yeah, it was him. Yeah. Okay. So he was in it. Tia Carrera was in it. As the eye candy who had literally no lines other than to huh. go, other than to be uh, the main bad guys, like sort of uh, like eye candy, I guess, right. and just go ooh, like when something happened, you know, she <laughs> just reacts, she'd be like ee, you know. So she was in it. Um, the main bad guy was uh, uh, the guy who dated uh, Heidi Fleiss. Tom Sizemore. Was it Tom Sizemore? That's the or, guy who was like married to Heidi Fleiss. Yeah, was it Tom Sizemore? Okay, I always get him and uh, the other guy who was in Heat confused. Was that Tom Sizemore? Okay, well then he was like the main bad guy, then. <laughs> and he's looking very skinny. The guy weird. from True Romance who, who Patricia Arquette yeah, yeah. beats up. Yeah. Oh God. See, now I'm gonna be sound like an idiot because I don't. It's him or the other guy who looks just like him. Uh, whatever. God, I'm going brain dead. I shouldn't have restart. I shouldn't have hit record so soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we have to do our practice runs. Oh lord. Um, but anyway, there's all these sort of notables in it, like I said, and then oh, the girl from um, the girl who played. I, and and this is not somebody that anybody but me would know, probably. Uh, the guy who played, the guy, the girl who played. Uh, Bruce Willis's wife uh-huh. in the Last Boy Scout. Ooh, that's a that's, I don't know. No, see, that's a very obscure reference, that, <laughs> and I've seen the Last Boy Scout so many times that I saw her and I went, "Whoa, that's that chick!" You know, and is that I, an admission you want to make on the podcast? Oh, totally. <laughs> it's, it's named after fucking Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Shush. Okay. So anyway. Um, Oh, no, okay, see, you know what? I just had a revelation. I know who I was I was getting him confused with, and it is Tom Sizemore that's in the movie. I always get him confused with Michael Madsen. And it wasn't Michael Madsen, it was Tom really? Sizemore. Yeah, I don't know. See, I kind of always... They're both four, you know, dark-haired, smarmy guys. Yeah, I guess. But okay. so anyway, it was Tom Sizemore looking very skinny. I mean, it was like... I was like, whoa, that's like half of Tom Sizemore. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so anyway, yes. Tom size less. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so, you know what? I had my little pun cast. We have ca- to get punny every now Yeah, you know what? I had my little pun cast two episodes ago. Phil's working on it for sure on Woo-hoo. this one. But so anyway, it was just the total uh, early 90s. You know, we talked about when the Glimmer Man and stuff like that. It was, that's what it was. To the core. Mm-hmm. And it was oddly enjoyable. <laughs> it really was. And, um, you know, it was, it was, I think it was probably the last movie that Mickey Rourke looked fairly normal. Yeah. 
really. Because I was watching, I was going, oh, okay, that looks like Mickey Rourke, kind of, when he became <laughs> this sort of, this, uh, you know, uh, girls loved him, and he was this good-looking guy and whatever. Right. Um, but after that, I think, I don't know what his next movie was after that, but, yeah. <laughs> he looked fairly normal in it, but, you know. But it was it was a good time, and um, there was this there was all the stupid uh, uh, little plot conceits where um, Daniel Baldwin and his two cohorts, which were nobodies, I mean, I'm, they were just I'm sure just regular guys, uh-huh. you know, whatever. They would walk around in the Matrix outfits. Ooh. They had like the long leather coats that went all the way down to the ground uh-huh. and the neck was like went up the little collar went up their neck and everything else and anytime anybody tried to shoot him they would just keep walking and they would like walk in unison and they'd be stepping in unison and they would just uh, they would not react to anything and they would just shoot their guns at people well the A very Columbine it sounds oh it was weird it was like uh, <laughs> the Matrix uh, with Daniel Baldwin hmm Okay, so, but what it turns out to be, spoiler alert, is that uh, at the very end, and see, throughout the whole movie, it was so stupid. Throughout the whole movie, nobody could figure out why they couldn't shoot these guys and why they couldn't, uh, like, why they couldn't kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole entire time, you see these, these uh, little sparks coming off their clothes, pa-ching, pa-ching, pa-ching. And it's like, well, don't shoot them in their clothes then. Shoot them in their face. You know, because <laughs> their heads, I mean, they're not wearing helmets. Um, so at the very end, they never bothered to explain it. At the very end, this one just so marginal character who has something to do with Tom Sizemore says, oh, yeah, those guys were pussies. They were wearing this body armor because their clothes were made out of some fabric from China that's bulletproof. That was the complete explanation. Some fabric from China that's bulletproof. <laughs> why not? Hey, why not, right? Everything it, good is from China anyway. Yeah, well, all the or, good uh, bulletproof stuff is from China. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so like I said, it was it was a very uh, Franciscusness filled movie. Sounds or like Glimmer it. Manish movie. Glimmer Manish. Totally Glimmer Manish. And in fact, is I would that kind of like Dynaman off? I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I do. You would, remember I, dying a man off? Yes, I do. Empty nest. Nobody remembers that. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. But so yes, <laughs> I would actually recommend it for um, anybody who is fan of a fan of our. Of, oh my God! I can speak English. I swear. Anybody who was a fan of our Sagala Palooza podcast mm-hmm. and like loved the fact that 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 was a good movie to watch for that kind of thing, uh-huh. watch Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Okay. There you go. A hearty thumbs up. Yeah, totally. I would totally recommend it. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that from somebody talking about Harley Davidson. I know, right? You probably never will again either. <laughs> We're going to get tons of hate mail. I know. I watched that stupid fucking movie, man. All right. on your fuck Don Johnson and fuck you. On your recommendation, I wasted a fucking hour and a half of my time on that. It's like, oh, give me a break. I've wasted 17,000 hours of my life on shit like that. <laughs> I know. Isn't it scary? Like, like if you think about it, I've seen 3,000 movies and in two hours a pop, that's, you know, so 6,000 oh hours. And that's like, 
two years of my life not even counting the repeat viewings of any of those I, films. Yeah, I was thinking about that and the I'm other like day. I'm like 31 and I'm yeah. like, shit, I'm like 25 if I hadn't watched movies. Exactly. I was thinking about that just the other day. I was like, oh my god. Uh, I've seen like 3,000 movies and all I've been doing for like two solid years <laughs> of my life is just Sitting there watching movies that I may or may not like. Exactly. Oh, man. But you know what? I try not to think about things <laughs> like that. <laughs> about wasting my life. Because Ex- that's no fun. Exactly. I, I, I try to think of it as enriching my life. <laughs> <laughs> With Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. We ain't watching Citizen Kane here. Yeah, people. you know what? This is not called the... Uh, the fucking... The artful cineast hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is not called the rosebud hour. <laughs> I was I was reaching for that. Thank you for covering for me. <laughs> I thought the artful cineast was better. I think that... Actually, I think the, uh, the title of this podcast will be called the artful cineast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it will, actually. <laughs> but so anyway, okay, moving on. Moving on, uh-huh. nothing to see here. Yeah, no, oh. yeah. Don't watch Harley Davidson, Marlboro Man, if you're not into cheesy stuff. <laughs> exactly. Nothing to see here. Move of course, along. honestly, if you're listening to our podcast and you don't like cheesy stuff, why are you listening? What's your deal? Exactly. Why are you listening? <laughs> I mean, do you just like the sound of our voices or what? I do. Of course, I'm very narcissistic. <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth? <laughs> I can't go anywhere without looking in a mirror. <laughs> You're like, hey, who's hey. that? Oh, it's me. Who's that hot, hot guy? Ooh, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> okay, enough of that. Yeah, let's stop doing that. Okay. Okay, so. <laughs> what's, what's next? I don't know. I'm just still. <laughs> I, don't, I just. I got this image of me like looking in a like a like sh- winking at like, yourself, like a shop mirror. Not even a like a, not even a mirror, like a window. Just like giving myself this sort of hey. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Hey, yeah, you do give myself the double uh, the double guns. Hey, <laughs> okay, okay, so. <laughs> Moving on <laughs> to a movie that we have both seen, which is entitled Clive Barker's The Plague. Indeed. And uh, I haven't seen it since it came out on DVD, so I'm a little rusty, but I okay. do remember a little bit. Okay. James Vanderbeek. Yeah, James Vanderbeek. Um, and just to give a little background on it, uh, this is one that I saw, and I, it doesn't matter where I saw it, but I, I saw it on uh, the on demand on Comcast, and I was like, I was sort of looking through, and I saw the description, and I was like, that looks odd. Mm-hmm. So I watched it, and I'm always a fan of like odd movies, right. you know. Um, but uh, so the story of the movie is briefly, which it doesn't take much explanation. Uh, the children of the world. Uh, I think it's eight and under, eight or nine and under, at one point, all go into comas. Right. They just all just fall down into comas. They're gone. Uh-huh. So, ten years goes by, and they're all just in comas. Uh-huh. And they, uh, they have been all put into these, like, long-term care facilities, and it's this huge growth industry, and, uh, you know... All the adults, they don't know what happened. You don't know what happens as a viewer. 
uh, or you don't know what happened as a viewer, uh, you can only see that they were all just in a coma. Okay. For no apparent reason. Right. So, ten years after this happens, when all these kids, uh, they, they all just wake up all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And they are pissed off <laughs> for some reason. And see, they never, and we'll get into this here in the uh, analysis section, but um, they just, they start to try and kill all the adults. Right. So there's this, uh, uh, the main character is Dawson right. <laughs> with plugs, by the way. Indeed. Lots of plugs. Yeah. Whoa. He had like two times more hair in this movie than he had in any of his other movies. Correct. So, anyway, he... Clearly he was having a little bit of a balding problem. Yeah, but he took care of it. <laughs> he, totally he invested did. that money. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he, he's the guy who has... Oh, God. His, nep- or his nephew or his cousin, one of the two, and I can't remember, was one of the kids that... Uh, Went to, went to sleep. And so he then meets up with all these people in this town where all these kids wake up and they're trying to kill everybody. And uh, mayhem ensues. Fantastic. I mean, is there any other explanation that we need here? I don't think so. Okay. I think that pretty much pretty covers, much covers it. You know, um, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a eight days later kind of thing. Twenty eight days later. Or yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know that one. <laughs> but they almost they act like zombies, right. basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're hard to kill, and they can take a lot of punishment, and they just want to kill you for no apparent reason. Right. Okay. So, your impression. Go! My impression was that it was a little uh, loosey-goosey. It was uh, poorly scripted and uh, yes. badly directed. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And uh, uninspiredly acted. Yeah. I think, you know what, the impression that I got at the end, or, well, as it went on, was that it was a very, very, very ham-fisted and or clumsy uh, Jesus analogy. You think? Yeah, because, okay, uh, Dawson, Mm. and I will never refer to him as Vanderbeek. He's just Dawson. Okay. Um, The Dawson, even. Um, <laughs> um, the the da- Dawsonator. The Dawson. Uh, at the end, uh, the, he figures out somehow that uh, all these kids, their minds are somehow interconnected. Right. They're like a hive mind. Right. And he figures out that if he sacrifices himself mm. willingly mm. and he's happy to go to them then it will infect them all with happiness or some shit uh-huh. so to me that came across like I said as a very clumsy yeah, sort of Jesus analogy you know I think as you say it is probably correct um, and lord knows Clyde Barker has that religiosity in, Surely, in many of his stories but you know what though I watched the credits and it wasn't written or directed by Clive Barker. So right. it must have been one of those just presents type of things. Probably. So anyway, keep continue your impression. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just saying that, Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying that like um 
It deserved a... I, I don't know. I mean, the story was interesting enough, I suppose, but uh, it, des- it seemed like it probably needed a little more touches on the script uh, and a little more, mi- bit more rehearsal and probably a more professional director. Yeah, see, to me... Or I like think... ten more dollars. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have like three comments to make. So um, I think that um, it was a very interesting premise. Right. But they didn't really go anywhere with it. Right. Bing. You know, it's like, it's an interesting idea, but we're, nothing came of it. Right. At all. Or nothing came of it that you hadn't seen ten times before. Sure, sure. Like I said, it was like the zombie type of thing. Right. It's like, well, what's the point of that? Or you know what I mean? Village of the Damned. Or, yeah. It wasn't even as interesting as Village of the Damned because you never figured out what the hell was happening. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. at least in Village of the Damned, you sort of, at the end, you sort of, like, saw where that happened or where that right. came from. They were aliens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and then what was the, what, the most hackneyed, just hackish, lazy fucking thing <laughs> was when, at the beginning of the movie, after all the kids fell asleep and it said you know it came up on the screen 10 years later the first shot is somebody walking down the road which you don't see who it is because you only see him from behind Mm. and sticking out of this person's back pocket is a copy of the grapes of wrath i'm like really okay so at the very end spoiler alert you see the kid who is supposed to be, at, I guess, sort of the leader of these, like, sort of weird zombie kids. Right. Who got infected with the goodness of the Dawson. Uh-huh. With the copy of The Grapes of Wrath in his pocket. I'm oh. like, wow. Could you be a little more fucking obvious, please? Indeed. Wow. I had a little problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I will say, the girl in that movie was an interesting, uh, interesting actress. I, and I don't think I've seen her before, but I think that you had said you'd seen her some, of in some else. Of course, she's 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 pl- play, always plays like Russian model number two. She's in um, Russian model number two, the best one. <laughs> <laughs> she's in more than a couple movies. She's um, what is the movie with Freddie Prinze Jr. Where he's... I would prefer not to say that I remember <laughs> any movies with Freddie Prinze Jr. Um, where he's the FBI agent after the Diamond Thieves. I don't know, but she's in it as a model. Whoa. Okay. Uh, that sounds like you just made that movie up, but okay. <laughs> no, but I was didn't. Funny. I know you didn't, but you know, I'm just going with the theme of I'm going to say you're making everything up. Um, but uh, she... In that movie, it was so weird. Uh, it, okay, literally 50% of the scenes she was in, or shots she was in even, I went, wow, that's a very attractive lady. And then the other 50%, I went, oh, not so much. I mean, it was <laughs> well, weird. Well, like all like, models, she has an odd face. But, um, uh, yeah, I always considered her kind of a Mila knockoff. Kind of, Yeah. You know, kind of the half is good thing you find <laughs> in a Hong Kong marketplace. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> There's was, this Russian she, chick going, Hi, she was the, take me home. <laughs> she, she, was, she was the, the Asian Hong, businessman. 
<laughs> so you're refer- you're gonna compare her to a like a Hon- coach bag, a Hong Kong knockoff <laughs> of, a, of a fucking like a Bulgari watch. Exactly. Oh wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I would actually not argue with that at all. <laughs> not at all. Okay. Okay. So um, I, on the plague. Oh, Clive Barker's The Plague. I would have to honestly give a thumbs down to. I'm not. Uh, that seems it, like the logical choice. Well, yeah, but and again, it's just I, clumsy. The whole it movie was is, totally is clumsy. clumsy from beginning to end. Yeah, and the thing, the problem was again, is that it was a very interesting premise, but it went nowhere. Right. It's like, hey, writers, uh, you came up with something good. Do something good with it. What uh-huh. the hell? Yeah. I can't get over thinking of that chick like in a stall in Hong Kong. But anyway, I know, yeah, no, I know, right? <laughs> it won't leave my husband alone. You'd <laughs> be like the in, like, uh, in basketball with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in that glass box, just <laughs> looking at people. <laughs> yeah. Hello, take me home. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Russian women love the American businessman. <laughs> Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, Lord. Well, Uh, to get to one I watched, which I think you said you had seen. Yes. I watched Layer Cake. Yes, you did. Uh, Daniel Craig, Michael Gambon, uh... A couple other guys. Yeah. Tom, what's his name from... Oh, Tom. Yeah, uh, yeah, that guy, Tom something, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the older guy. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's uh, it was fairly good, you know, standard plot. You know, he Daniel Craig had, wants to make his big score so he can leave the drug business. Sure. Dra- Daniel Craig is a is a uh, kind of high class drug mover. He's not a drug dealer though. He's like a deliverer. Right. Well, right? he uh, as he says at the beginning of the movie, he only deals in kilos. So I think pretty much right. he. He takes the big packages, cuts them up into smaller packages, gives, okay. them, gives them to the wider drug dealing people. Sure. The street scum, if you will. <laughs> if you will. Indeed. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's fairly polished. It's Dan and, oh, Sienna Miller's in it. See, yeah. See, and I yeah, must that's admit, a... I hate that cunt. <laughs> wow! I I don't know why really? anyone would, what fi- would find her attractive or interesting or a good actress. I don't yeah, get you it. You know, I don't. But Matthew Vaughn is very obsessed with her. She was uh, he put her in Stardust later. Yeah. Uh, well, oh. yeah, I I don't know if I feel as strongly about her as I as you do. I'm very uh, sort of ambivalent toward her. Like honestly, leaning toward the side of not so much liking her, but not uh, not as as violently as you, apparently. I just don't get the Sienna Miller thing. I, I don't think really she should either. probably just go back to, you know, East London and sit yeah. on a corner stop somewhere. And sell <laughs> well, herself. it's a very it's it's um, a it's a Guy Ritchie esque movie. Well, Matthew Vaughn, I think was e- like either writer or cinematographer to Guy Ritchie. Yeah. yeah. And to me, he exceeds Guy Ritchie. Okay. It's far more polished, and. Um, Kind of better told than anything Guy Ritchie ever put out. You know what? Honestly, I would agree with you if I saw a second one of his that was as good or better as than Larry Cake. And I would say yes. Okay, I agree with you. But 
That's the only one of his movies. Am I correct? I think it's his only movie. No. What's the other one? Well, he made Stardust. Oh, well, okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and uh, uh, Coming I'm back to five sure seconds ago, one. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure there's another one. Um, okay, well, but... More recently. But, but yeah, he's made a couple movies now because he's, uh, he's done well for himself. Sure. And for me, yes, it, it, it's, it's better than anything until uh, that... Uh, the last one. What was uh, Sherlock? Okay, yeah. That was the that was by far the most polished thing Guy Ritchie's ever Oh made. yeah, by far. Um, but no, I mean I think that um, Layer Cake, like I said, it's very uh, sort of a Guy Ritchie esque movie in that it, it deals with well yeah London criminals London criminals sure. But it was interesting. It was oh very, and Kick Ass. Oh God, I just downloaded that yesterday and haven't watched it yet. <laughs> But, yeah, it just came out on video. It was a must-see for me that I didn't get to see. Yeah, no, I, we got to do that on the next one. Yeah. Because I just downloaded it, like I said, last night and didn't get a chance to watch it yet. But I think that looks great. Indeed. And I also think Scott Pilgrim vs. the World looks fucking great, too. Which is in the same sort I'm of vein, so in sure. a way. I mean, uh, you know, me, Chris Evans, I'll go to see it, but... Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm not so sure. I, I'm kind of getting over Michael Sarah. Yeah. He's really stuck in the same part. Sure, sure. And I don't know. Like, I've enjoyed the movies, you know, Juno and, and uh, Zach and Miri's Infinite Playlist and whatever. But, but they're, they're all the same part. Oh, he's, he's kind of the same guy. That, and you can the, only watch that so Yeah, sure. Guys. No, I got Yeah, I totally agree. But anyway, going back to Layer Cake, I think that... Um, who was the guy who played uh, the sort of the crime boss guy? Was that Michael Gambon? Yes. Okay. The one who fucks him in the end? Yeah. Yeah. No, he was good in that. I, re- I, I thought Michael he was Gambon. really good I in mean, that. I mean, they created that character so perfectly. Like, he had the fake orange tan. Sure, yeah. That you knew he was, like, summering in, in the Caribbean and stuff. And yeah, yeah. And he just came back to do some drug deals and take care of Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought great. he was great. He was my favorite character in that whole movie. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Daniel Craig is funny because, like, uh, they had some great character uh, character actors in that part. There's one guy, and Lord knows I, I have no idea what his name is, but uh, he was in Hearts War and The Pacemaker, The Peacemaker. <laughs> the and, Pacemaker. Uh, no, it's not The Peacemaker. It's The Pacemaker. Indeed. And, uh, and you know, he's like every, everybody's favorite Croatian actor. But um, he played the Belgian, the he, the Serbian guy who gets robbed at the beginning, in the in the flower market in Belgium. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, he's a, one of my favorite characters. Great face. Oh yeah. You know he looks like a Serbian badass. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there are some great character actors. Gambon's one of my favorites. Well, see, I think the best parts of those movies basically have to be uh, in those movies. Whether it's, you're talking about uh, Tarantino or Guy Ritchie mm-hmm. or any of those guys that make these sort of intricate to somewhat character-based type of movies, right? whatever, I think that this, you have to have great, or not even great, but good actors. Mm-hmm. Because a good actor, and even better, a great actor can take a part that maybe isn't necessarily written as well as it could be or whatever right. and make it a great part. Right. And that's so the, that's the key to those movies. If you if you notice all those movies, there's always usually one character at the center who's not that 
interesting, but who holds the story together. And then you surround them with kind of a world of interesting, well-played sure, people. Sure, totally, yeah. I mean, even in like going back to when you're talking about Gary, going back to uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, mm-hmm. to me, the funniest or, and or sort of most entertaining character actors in those which I obviously I don't. They, I'm sure they're nobodies, really. But the two um, thugs that try to rob the shotguns out of the rich guy's house. Right. There's the one guy that's like a big fat guy that looks. He has kind of this uh-huh. weird afro, whatever. And his friend. Those two guys entertained the hell out of me. <laughs> you know, not Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones, eh, boring. <laughs> An insult to British soccer. Or exactly. But no, I mean, you're right, though. You, you take a guy who holds a story together, surround him with a bunch of interesting characters, and you got a decent movie. Exactly. All right, then. We agree. I, I think, uh, you know, the plot, again, the plot's fairly standard, but it's well played, well shot, polished, and fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would recommend it. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess Agreed. we don't disagree. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> this is going to be boring. We don't disagree about something. You're not yelling at me about Con Air. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. So, so what else do you want to talk about, Mr. A? Well, let's see. Uh, we got... Um, there's a couple of different movies that we have both seen. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe we should do... A smoke break, or do you want to not worry about it? Oh, I don't care. That's up to you, bud. Okay. Well, you know what? Actually, here's one that I think we have talked about before. And stop wrestling with your dog. All right. Jeez. He's biting me. Are you getting that bored with this? I'm always bored when I'm with you, Ramus. All right. How about this? Let's do briefly, and then we'll do a smoke break, Mm -hmm. Um, one that we have both seen that I saw again recently. It's called (laughs) Phil Wrestles His Dog. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a movie called Rising Sun. I, you know what? I saw that in the theater. Have you not seen it since then? And I've seen it once or twice, maybe since, and I barely remember it. I remember reading the book, and uh, they changed the villain. Sure. At the yeah. end, from a Japanese person to a white guy. Yep. To make it less racially insensitive. Yeah. In fact, if you would do me a favor, and I will fill time for you, okay. uh, will you look up the review in the book? Because there was a very interesting comment that, because when I watched it just recently, I looked it up in the book, uh-huh. and uh, I read something that I had known before, but was a very interesting comment. So, just to give a little background on Rising Sun, Sean Connery, Wesley Snipes, uh, they are investigating the murder of a basically a prostitute mm-hmm. at this Japanese corporation's headquarters during a big party when they are right in the middle of a merger right. with a company that is something like Microtel or something, but it's supposed to be Microsoft. Uh-huh. And so the big thing is is Japan is uh, the Japanese corporate culture taking over American. corporate culture Uh uh-huh okay so phil if you would if you would be so kind go ahead and read the review because i thought there was a very interesting comment in there okay so it gets three bones from the book when a prostitute is found murdered in the boardroom of a powerful japanese-owned corporation seasoned cop and japanese expert connery with a bad caesar haircut totally um and new partner snipes are sent to investigate Complicated yarn about business, prejudice, cops, 
and the differences between East and West. Filmed with stylized camera techniques, quick action, and good rapport between the two leads, <clears throat> based on the book by Crichton, which offered ominous theories about international politics and business, these aspects had the film labeled as Japan bashing, one of the reasons the script was rewritten to focus more on the murder mystery. See, that's the interesting comment to me. Rewritten uh -huh. to focus more on the murder mystery. Right. Which to me, and I read the book too, mm -hmm. to me, the more interesting part of it was the whole clash of the cultures kind of thing. Right. And it was like that, and you could see in the movie, you could see that that was there, but then it got minimized a lot, and yeah. then came back a little bit then oh there it goes again you know yeah. and uh, it was a good movie it really was I was actually verily 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 fairly surprised that when it said good rapport between Connery and Snipes I'm like thinking oh how different of two people could two actors could you put together right. Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery but they actually <laughs> had they had like good uh, well, back and forth well they're both action guys both yeah yeah and you're right though the the Caesar haircut thing. Oof. Wow. Um, and uh, another performance by Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera. And it's so funny. She's like a chameleon. She can be Hawaiian. She can be Chinese. She can be Japanese. She can be whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know. And in that movie, she was supposed to be Japanese. Right. With like a club club hand. Or yeah. Something? She was like deformed, and they never really explained that. Yeah. Really. They were like whatever. Yeah. Okay. And she was like this uh, uh, computer graphics genius. Yeah. Whatever. I remember the uh, one of the scenes that I remember from that movie is I think Carrie Hiroyuka Tagawa either eating sushi off of a naked chick or the chick was eating sushi off of him. Oh yeah, no, he was eating it, uh, the sushi off a naked chick, and right. he had another naked chick next to him uh, pouring him sake. Ah. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> do it, come on, you know. But then I mean, that movie was it was oddly. Okay, here's what I'm getting. They were saying that, oh, it might be Japan bashing and whatever. But yet, it was so not restrained from anything else. Lots of nudity. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty violent at times. Uh -huh. um, very anti... I think that the, in, in the final version, it tended to come across as a little anti-American, actually. Probably. That's you know, the safe bet in yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, but you know, fuck them, man. Um, but yeah, it's it's Phil Kaufman, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Gonna look up, yeah, and it's funny because I, when I watched it, I I could not for the life of me remember who uh, directed it. And yeah, it's Philip Kaufman, and you don't really he's not much of a standout when it comes to stuff that uh, you think about, you know. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, he's never been a stylized guy. He did the right stuff, you know. Well, it's funny that in the review in the book it says stylized camera angles and stuff like that. And I'm like, not really. No, I remember there being really great kind of modern sets in that movie. Yeah. You know, like the boardroom, which was all darkly lit and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun. Even the, and honestly... As, as early 90s kind of Japanese paranoia, it's a good time capsule. Oh, totally. And you know what? Even the tech stuff really actually holds up. Really? really? Yeah, I watched it just, like I said, like a week ago. And um, the tech stuff... When they were talking about, because you know there was the forged disc, right. they had the forged uh, uh, recording or whatever. Uh -huh. It actually holds up. I watched it and I went, you know, actually that's even plausible today, <laughs> today. really. <laughs> so okay, Rising Sun recommended. Indeed. All right. 
Let's uh, spice this up a little bit. Spice! Yeah! Let's do Clash of the Titans. Okay. Yeah. I must admit, I've never seen the original. What? With Harry Hamlin. I've Are you seen. shitting me? I've never seen it. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Continue. So... so <laughs> Your eyes are bugging out. I know. I like, what? What? I've never seen it. I never had the opportunity. Um, I you know, never had it. the opportunity. No, this I will not. I will that. not hear excuses this from you. is a big fan of it. I've never seen. Never you seen have. It. You will not use the. I've never had a chance to see it. I excuse with me. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so a lot of the little jokes that Dale's like, oh, that's in the original. Um, was like the the weird the little owl. owl. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't get, but, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. I, I really question why people cast Sam Worthington. I, but anyway, yeah, here's okay. my, we'll, yep. we'll I will the save synopsis, that for a second. The okay. synopsis. The synopsis. Uh, is that, uh, what's his name? Sam Worthington plays the son of Zeus. Zeus. And his name is? Sugar tits. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's like Mel Gibson's. It's, it's like Pericles or something. Pericles, like that. that's what it is. Okay. Um, and uh, so his parents are, or adopted parents are murdered by uh, Hades, played by Ray Fiennes, with a really stupid pussy ass voice and just bald head. And yeah, yeah, with a, little, uh, a weird performance. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then. Um, which starts kind of a war, or whatever. With, yeah, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I thought it was, and then they go on a movie? fucking quest to kill and then, fucking. And then Medusa. shit happens, and there's this big thing that crashes into the other thing, and and they release the kraken, which isn't Greek mythology, as somebody told me many, many times. It is Norse mythology. Okay, let me pick up where you left off. Indeed. Okay, so. Uh, his parents are killed They're, by Hades. Yeah. You uh, can tell be, I cared about this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because uh, this the city that is like sort of the central location of the movie. Oh, it's uh, forsaking the gods. Yes. They decide the gods are being a-holes and they don't want to worship them anymore. Right. So the gods, in response, say, you know what? You want us to be a-holes? We will be a-holes and kill all of you. Uh-huh. Even though they, in the movie, which was never a premise of the original movie, mm. they need their prayers to survive. Right. Basically, their prayers are immortality fuel. Indeed. You know? Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, Zeus says to Hades, uh, yeah, go scare the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh... Pericles. Pericles. Pericles? Isn't that it? Something like that. Oh, Lord. I watched this last night. Good Lord. And you've seen the original. It was was not him in the original. In the original, it was Jason. Damn it. It was Jason and the Argonauts. God. No, it wasn't. What? I think you're wrong. Okay, whatever. I'm always wrong. Anyway, so... Perseus. Perseus. That... Fucking guy. Anyway, um, and I knew it wasn't sugar tits, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call Sam Worthington. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Ooh, you stopped me right in my tracks. <laughs> um, so anyway, he has to go uh, to, he has to defeat the Kraken 
to then defeat Hades. No, well, he has to go and kill Medusa, and he has to talk to the no-eyed people. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm saying to to defeat Hades, he has to defeat the Kraken. To defeat the Kraken, he has to kill Medusa. To kill Medusa, he has to figure out how to kill Medusa with witches with the eyeball coming to play. Right. And it sounds uh, very complicated, and uh, it's not really in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you just go from A to B in the movie. It's much less Greek mythology than previously. They throw in a djinn. Uh, from Ar- I know. Arab- Arabian mythology, they they obviously the Kraken, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and then oh, the the chick who comes to help him, um, you know, amazingly, like halfway through that scene with the with the scorpions, like it, her entire costume disappears, and all yeah. of a sudden she's in yeah. like like a bikini top, yeah. fighting the scorpions. But Hell anyway. yeah! <laughs> no, I'm just uh, it was it was very uh, disjointed. Yes. Um, it was much special effects. Much, and they were pretty good. They were good. good. They were good. I will say, the uh, I was very kind of disappointed in um, the Medusa scene, though. Really? Yes, because I thought that they would make Medusa very impressive. Like, I mean, because, okay, the scorpions were very impressive. Indeed. And they took the place of the skeletons in the original. Uh-huh. Which the skeletons was always awesome to me. And it was like the, you know... The stop motion, uh-huh. you know, whatever. Okay. But they fought a bunch of skeletons. They had swords and shields and shit. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. When I was a kid. <laughs> okay, but they replaced the skeletons with scorpions, which co- were cool. Uh-huh. And uh, the Kraken was cool. Okay. It was somewhat uh, disorienting, though, because they wanted to give such a sense of scale that they wouldn't show all of it at the same time. Right. And you sort of going, wait a minute, what's that? Okay, that's his face, but what's that? Uh, well, wait, what's going on? Uh, wait yeah. a minute, what's going, what's flying over there? Okay, fine, fuck it. Um, but, uh, the one scene I was actually looking forward to, yes. forward to, forward, uh, was the Medusa scene, and I'm thinking, ooh, they're gonna make Medusa just be awesome. Uh-huh. Not so much. Fairly mm-hmm. generic. Pretty much. Sneaky. Uh, Sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Not even, uh, I don't know. I was thinking, you know, if it was me, and I was making that movie. But I, you, there's not a lot you can do with Medusa. Medusa's Medusa. She's got snakes. Uh, well, yeah, but um, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, okay, you make her, like, super hot with the snakes. Or you make her super fucking ugly with the snakes. They sort of went halfway in between. Yeah. You know? Eh, yeah. That was sort of, that was, um, I don't know. I just wanted to see I, a, you a know, hot the, Medusa, maybe. <laughs> Turn me to stone, you know what I'm saying? So the entire movie, for me, was like a setup for Liam Neeson to say, Release the Kraken! Oh, I know, right? <laughs> it wasn't even that impressive. I would have I thought they'd have one of those real swooshy sort of Michael Bay shots almost, where yeah. it's like, and he's like, Release the Kraken! And it's like, ah, uh, well, it was just like two seconds. And I'm like, this turned into like this worldwide phenomenon of uh, release the Kraken, you know? <laughs> and I was like... I, I, and you know what's funny is Danny Houston taking the role of Poseidon and looking very, um, foppish in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so, because a sequel will focus more on Poseidon, but it still it was like, Danny Houston had like one line. Why is he I in this know. movie? I know. Well, and then Pete... I love Danny Houston. I gotta say. I don't know what it is about that weird voice of his, but it gets me. I'm like, 
I love Danny Houston. And he shows up in the weirdest shit, like 30 days and nights, speaking some faux vampire language. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, no, I know. It's sort of like, he just kind of goes, oh, well, random shit, here it's we like, are. I'll um, play Poseidon and have this big coif, coif man. Yeah, right. Okay, dog, you need to calm down. Seriously. Okay, so anyway, apparently all this talk of Poseidon is riling up the dog. He's like, um, I know Greek mythology. Don't talk about Greek mythology. He's like, you got it wrong. I wish I could tell you, but you got it wrong. Um, but no, what, what was Pete Postle Thwaite? Postle Thwaite? Oh, my God. It was so funny because when he turned back no, into the... the scariest piece of casting, Elizabeth McGovern, you little... Was the mom? I was like, "Holy shit! I haven't seen you since 1986." I know, right? Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> well, no, but it was funny because like the whole movie is like this real disformed or disfigured guy and all this stuff, and you go, "Ah!" And then at the end, I was like, "What? Really?" Like I didn't recognize him until the very end when he changed back. Um, or no, not Pete Possible. Wait, I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, the guy that played. Uh, Perseus's dad? That's Pete Bostel. Yeah, okay, so yes, I am thinking of the right guy then. Yeah. I didn't recognize him until the very end when he transformed back and then died. I was like, was that it? That what? Like, I, I thought maybe I just was like not seeing it right or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, that is him. Yeah, now, to discuss Sam Worthington, mm. I think yes. there may be no more boring leading man in Hollywood <sighs> today. And yes. he keeps getting big parts, and I keep wondering why, because yeah. he doesn't have any vocal inflection, mostly he because act. he's trying to control an Australian accent, which... He can't him... even do very well. Half the time you can say, oh, that's an Australian guy. Half the time you go, well, that's an Australian guy trying to not be an Australian guy. <laughs> yeah, no, this guy pisses me off, honestly, because it's like... And he's always got the fucking shaved head. And it, well, no, he is so boring. All he does is sit there and look grim. Indeed. And it's like, do you have any other expression than that? <laughs> and then he tries to smile, and you're like, you're just doing grim with like the <laughs> know, corners about, of your mouth it's, up. It's about as pleasant as watching Ryan Phillippe smile. Oh, God. Um, and it's like, <clears throat> okay, so this guy got Clash of the Titans, Terminator, fucking uh, 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 Avatar. It's like, what is it? He's like the Shia LaBeouf of the Australians. Adults. Oh my god. I mean, he's a, he's Russell Light. That's what he is. He's Russell without talent. Russell Extra Light. Indeed. He's not even like that, like, buffed up or anything. No. He doesn't have a body to back it up. I was like, I was watching it and I'm going, okay. The whole time I'm going, why did they cast him in this? Yeah. And I'm going, well, maybe he's like super buff. You know, maybe he's just got this great body and like, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, actually, he really doesn't. It's oh all a mystery God. to me. What? What? The, the <laughs> most interesting part I've ever seen him in was in this Australian movie about a gator, where he gets eaten by said gator like 10 minutes into the movie. I was like, playing like an Australian hick, I was like, that's the most interesting thing that Sam Worthington's ever fucking done. Oh my God, the guy is so boring. Boring. It's like sinfully boring. I realize sometimes your leading man is just supposed to anchor you in the sure, picture. Sure, sure. But this guy... Weighs it down. An anchor as in dragging exactly. across the ocean floor, <laughs> pulling you back. <laughs> it, it, it just sucks all the energy out of the movie. Yeah, time. and the, it's like, and then when he was supposed to be like, especially in like Clash of the Titans, he was supposed to be uh, like being 
real upset about, uh, I won't be like the gods or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, really? Just fucking take your little stupid sword and cut somebody's head off and stop <laughs> fucking bitching boringly. <laughs> oh, I do not like that guy. I don't either. Huh. So, now that we've expressed our opinions Indeed. about that. Indeed. Hey, Sam Worthington, suck on it. <laughs> Go back to Australia. <laughs> right? Make pictures about you, uh, I don't know, banging a kangaroo or some shit. <laughs> Go back to the fucking outback and dig something out of the fucking earth. <laughs> I just don't get why some of these people sort of come out of nowhere. I know. And they just get all these big parts. It's like the Shia LaBeouf thing. Uh-huh. Where did he come from? He came with on Disney's fucking show. Why is it that he got, he got to be in Transformers, Indiana Jones, blah, blah, blah. It's like, where? why? Get somebody who's good. Disturbia was the star <sighs> The big stuff. See, Disturbia was the level that he should have topped out at. Correct. See, Disturbia wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a terrible movie. Yeah. It wasn't a great movie. But that's where he should have topped out at. He should be making Disturbia level movies for the rest of his fucking life. <laughs> or playing the sidekick in Constantine. That was exactly. But uh, but yeah, to have lead roles in Eagle Eye, no. I Indiana Jones? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I'm a little upset about that, honestly. Okay. So we have some trailers to talk about. Yes. We, we are go- we're hitting the trailer section because it is the end. <laughs> Indeed. And we are trailing our... Uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> trailing <laughs> off. <laughs> Once again, the, the eternal joke, we don't go out with a bang, we go out with a whimper. Indeed. But, okay, so we have trailers... What trailers would you like to talk about first? Uh, which interests you? Well, oh, you know what? Real quickly, and this won't take very long, mm-hmm. but uh, I did watch a very odd, odd, odd movie called Vulgar. Yes. Have you heard of this movie? I have not. Okay. What it is, just the, the, the backstory to this movie is almost as interesting as the movie itself. Uh-huh. Uh, Kevin Smith produced this movie. Uh-huh. It was written and directed and co-starred uh-huh. as the same guy. Uh, <laughs> basically, hit one of his best friends growing up. Okay. The guy who, in Clerks, the blonde-haired guy was based on. Okay. Okay. So this is the real guy that the blonde-haired guy in Clerks was based on. Okay. He wrote, directed, and co-starred in this movie. Uh-huh. And it is a fucked up movie. <laughs> it is, and when it's called vulgar, there's a reason. Really? It's fucked up. It, basically, in a nutshell, the story is, there's a guy, the main character, who is not the guy who's Kevin Smith's friend. Uh-huh. The main character, played by the dark-haired guy from Clerks. Right. This is all very incestuous. I remember, it seems to me I may have seen a trailer. So okay, okay. Familiar. Yeah, so... He uh, plays a guy who is a, his job is to be a children's clown for birthday, oh, yes. birthday parties, uh-huh. okay? So then he gets this really weird idea to make this joke uh, entertainment company where he will partner with, like, strippers and uh, go to do bachelor parties where um, he shows up at the same time that the stripper is supposed to show up. 
and he's dressed, he's this guy, is dressed in like lingerie and will like do this little dance and then be like, oh, just joking, here's the stripper. Uh-huh. It's a very weird idea. <laughs> really, I mean, I, it took me a minute to wrap my head around it, but I kind of got it eventually. Right. So then he, uh, he gets his call, his very first call for this particular type of job. It's these fucking weirdos. It's his dad and his two kids. And they proceed to hold him hostage, rape him for like three days, then dump him out on the street and say, if you tell anybody, we'll kill you. Okay. Disturbing enough. Then he gets, he, he's going to this birthday party and apparently he's trying to get over it. He says, I just want to forget about it. He goes to this birthday party. This kid's dad is fighting with the kid's mom, freaks out, takes her hostage. The clown guy gets super pissed off, tackles the dad that's taking the girl hostage, and becomes this, like, national hero. So, he gets his own show. Much like something like Barney, whatever. (laughs) It's a syndicated, like, show. It's like uh, Floppy's Funhouse or whatever. And then the guy who had raped him sees him and says, hey, uh, we're going to blackmail you. So then him and his friend go to kill the guys that are blackmailing him. Okay. This movie is fucking weird. Very (laughs) fucking twisted. And part of the thing that is so weird about it is that the main character guy spends about, I would say, 65% of the movie easily Mm -hmm. in clown makeup. (laughs) (laughs) And it's super low budget. So it looks real gritty and just weird. And and you can tell that the guy who wrote it and directed and it. some homo issues. Not even that. It's, I, well, <laughs> it's not, no, it's not even that. It's, it's this hate letter to his mom. Really? Because the main character, the clown guy, uh-huh. has this mom who no matter what he does will just rag on him endlessly he goes to he, he, she's living in this retirement home and he goes to see her and he goes hey I got this TV show it's gonna be it's gonna be syndicated it's gonna be huge I'm gonna make all this money and stuff like that she's like you know that's just a bunch of bullshit you weren't worth a shit and that you call me when you get a real job and like throughout the whole movie he goes to see her like four times and it's just nothing but this just endless parade of just insults and everything else. I'm like, wow, this guy has a little bit of mother issues. <laughs> Sounds like it. Wow. But honestly, um, it's, uh, it does drag in spots, but mm-hmm. I, would, I would recommend it only if you're looking to see a movie that is not profoundly, but very disturbing in a, in a in a sense of you can see that there's a lot of issues that the guys <laughs> who made this because it's basically one guy who made it really yeah. and uh, if you want to see some various issues trying to be worked out on film <laughs> see this movie okay it sounds like a must see apparently and I did I, I looked it up on uh, I think Wikipedia uh-huh. And apparently, Howard Stern was repulsed by it. Oh, my. Yeah. 
So take that how you want to. I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, high praise, I think. Apparently. Okay, so vulgar's over. Um, trailers. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Why can you always make me laugh with that? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Trailers. We're, let's see. Uh, what do you want to do first? Uh, let me in. The American uh, Vampire Suck. Whatever. Pick. Keep uh, the energy moving. Vampire Suck. Vampire Suck. <laughs> yeah. You Which, made me watch this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and the story behind that, it just real briefly, is that I went, I, <laughs> I was watching a movie on demand, and one of these movies, uh, or some of these movies, are presented by like TNT or whatever they are. Right. And they will show uh, trailers and stuff in, in like, uh, I think maybe three times during the movie. Right. And so you kind of have to sit through it and just whatever. And I saw, I was watching a movie and I was like, oh, I want to go have a smoke, but I don't really want to just pause it and come back. And then I was like, oh, commercial break. Let me see what, what this uh, little trailer thing is. And I saw this shot <laughs> from Twilight uh-huh. of that, that shot directly from above the highway where there's a little car driving along. I went, oh my God, this is going to be the trailer for the new Twilight. Because on demand is sometimes a little behind. Correct. Um, so I was like, okay, going to smoke. And then I heard something weird. I came back in, looked at the TV, and I was like, this isn't Twilight. <laughs> and I was watching it. It's a bit basically, uh, you know, Vampire Sug is... Yeah, yeah. It's like the, you know, uh, Not Another Teen movie exactly. for Twilight. Yes. Starring Vanderbeek, by the way. Ooh, I call him Vanderbeek. I meant the Dawson. There you go. Which, so what do you think? Uh... It looked intermittently funny, I, I have to say. You know, I, I think you were right when the little girl for Team Edward and the little girl Team Jacob got, get in like a shovel fight. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it though. I, I think, and honestly, I think that there's a very funny joke when um, the Dawson, uh, he's like, do you know who we are? And it shows, and then this is all characters in Twilight. Uh, the, the black guy with the dreadlocks, and then the girl with the red hair, and then the Dawson, who's, I guess he's supposed to be, I don't know who he's supposed to be, he's a vampire. And he's like, he's like, do you know who we are? And she's all, the black eyed peas. <laughs> and he's like, shit, why does everybody think we're the black eyed peas? <laughs> that made me laugh. I mean, it's probably going to be completely stupid. Probably. I, you know. It can't be any worse than some of those late ones, you know, date oh movie God. and epic movie. And, epic movie. Uh, so it has to be probably better than those. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it looks intermittently funny. Yeah, no, I thought, it, you know, I thought. I'm not going to gonna go to the theater to see oh, it. Oh, no, fuck no. If it's, but, you know, available to stream on Netflix, I might consider it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it looks, it actually does, just from the preview, actually looks funnier than at least a couple of those last, you know, Indeed. movie movies, yes. you know, yeah. So, I don't know. I'll probably watch it. Uh, I, I, I think that I might watch it almost just out of spite more than anything else, because <laughs> I fucking hate Twilight. Uh. Why would you hate Twilight? Uh, let me count the ways. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Okay. Uh, let me in. The American remake of Let the Right One In, a small Swedish film, 
Uh, about vampires also. Yes, about a little girl vampire who moves in in the 70s into this uh, housing block and, uh, and makes friends with a little boy who's her neighbor. Okay. That's all you got? That's pretty much the story. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, he needs, or she needs, uh, she loses her kind of, like, dad or sponsor who goes out and gets blood for her. Okay. And so he gets captured by the police or killed or something. And so he, she kind of um, circles the boy trying to uh, get him to fill that role. There's, okay, the original, there's two nope. possible okay. endings. Okay. You don't, and you don't know which one. Either the little boy is becoming the new helper, sure. or they're actually in love. Okay. And it's kind of which pessimist, optimist are you that right. lets you think what you want to of the ending. But it is ambiguous, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, the American version, probably not so much. Probably not. From the director of Cloverfield, it's not going to be as... Um, Subtle. Uh, I can't imagine that it would be. (laughs) Nobody gets uh, stomped on in the Swedish version. Yes. Okay. But, uh, you know, it looks decent. And they they managed to get some decent people in there. Richard Jenkins, Elias Kataeus. Elias Kataeus, what is with this guy? We were watching the trailer and I'm like, Okay, this guy is manages to get himself into about every sort of uh, every vaguely vaguely horrific uh, B tier kind of movie. What is with this guy? Like, does he just tell his agent, "I don't want to be in any big movies. I don't want to be in any really crappy movies. I just want to do something in between." Yeah, Yeah, you know, I think he shows up here and there. I'm not that good. He's Elias Kataeus. I was in uh, Crash and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You figure it out. Now that's an interesting career, my friend. <laughs> hey, it's the truth. Uh, but so anyway, yeah, I don't know. It looked... Um, it, it certainly looked less subtle than the Oh, original. sure. Everything American is less subtle. Indeed. Everything Amos is less subtle, too. I don't know where Indeed. I was going with that. I was trying to come up with something. Couldn't quite yeah. get there. No, I'm choking myself. Um... <laughs> Didn't look bad though, honestly. I mean, it uh, you know, it looked fairly interesting. It looked more interesting than a lot of uh, these sort of, uh, I guess you might say, even the B level horror type movies. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure it's probably because it's taken from more interesting source material. Correct. You know, which is kind of it, it's kind of too bad that you, you know just to get a more interesting movie you have to take it from something else <laughs> that came from wherever Sweden or whatever. Yeah. But whatever. Hey, you know if. Uh, if it's good, it's good. I don't yeah. Know. It's, it's kind of an annoying piece of Hollywood. It's like, the original's just fine. Right. But apparently Americans can't be bothered to read subtitles. <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I want to go to the movies I to see shit blow up. <laughs> when I was in France, I saw The Bodyguard with subtitles. Oh, wow, in really? French. Wow. Yeah, the movie was in English. It had the little French subtitles. But, uh, so... Wait, why? Yes, oh, okay, I was sorry. In yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, you <laughs> confused the shit out of me there for a second. So why can't Americans watch something in French with little English subtitles? I don't know. Yeah. But it's well, that's, that's I a, don't want to read while I'm watching a I don't want... If I wanted to read, I'd read the newspaper. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. Because I'm stupid. <laughs> so, wow, I got really bitter all of a sudden, didn't I? <laughs> Okay. Um, so. And then I think the last one we watched was the American. 
which I retitled on my list, The American. Indeed. The new Georges Clooney. <laughs> oui, oui. <laughs> Georges Clooney. Where he plays apparently an assassin again on his last job because he wants to get out. I have seen like six movies with that basic plot in the past two months. Oh my god. The assassin who wants to do one last job to get out. I know, because I watched the score, and I watched uh, the movie we did, uh, Layer Cake, and now here comes the American, and then, another one last job, And people? then the, the, the Stallone movie, uh... Expendables? No. Uh, with, um, Antonio Banderas, where... Antonio. Antonio. Where Assassinos? Assassininos. Yes. Where Not ass ass ins. Ass ass ins. Where he wants to do the one last job and get out. And then he did the other one. The professional. Where he wanted to do the one last job and get out. It's the same fucking guy. So, I I did remark earlier, uh, when we were watching it, that Clooney remains an interesting guy. Because he's the only, maybe, of our major actors who never really, outside of the Oceans vehicles, goes and does commercial movies. Yeah. He always does arty films and every now and again one will catch on but he always is doing something only he finds interesting yeah i know and he and waits to see if anybody else does no it. i know and it's funny because he i think that that's been a, uh him since the last oceans movie especially mm-hmm. he has not done what you would consider a mainstream movie right and he's still considered a major movie star correct and it's and I guess it must be just sort of a testament to the fact that he's a charming guy and people mm-hmm. like him and stuff like that, that he can get away with that. Because there's very few people that can get away with that. Right. I don't know. I, I mean, can't even Matt think of Damon, anybody else. Matt Damon, you know, does his, does his The Informant and all these little pictures. But then he goes and does a Bourne movie. Sure. The, Clooney never goes and does the Bourne movie. Yeah, I know. And it's like Brad Pitt tries to do that, or at right. least used to try to yeah, do that. Sometimes. And every, it was like... <laughs> Well, it was like the, it was like the joke that I that I told you before we got you know, started recording. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah. You know, in, in uh, Goodwill Hunting Two, yeah. hunting season. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Yeah, you do the commercial picture, then you do the arty picture, and then you do the picture that the the, the payback picture that your friend says that you owe him. And they look at the camera. <laughs> so anyway. But, um, no, you're right, though. Clooney, I'm not sure how he gets away with it, to be honest with you. Well, because I think he keeps, he has an an ability to pick stuff that, whilst being a little bit arty, manages to cross that line. Like, uh, up in the air, say, this year. Sure, Big hit, Oscars galore, and a very quality... uh, Yeah, but then there's also the men who stare at goats, or whatever, and eh, not so much. Well, but right. you know, and there's whatever. Solaris, and there's uh, there's yeah. thousands of movies that guys made that just aren't didn't quite get there. Well, sure, but at the same time, I guess you could say that as long as some of them right. hit, uh-huh. then it's fine. Because people love George Clooney because he's a likable guy. Indeed, he's a good-looking guy. He seems like he's a fun he's guy. Debonair. He, he's yeah. He's charming. He seems yeah. like he'd be fun to go have a beer with. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Really, he's honestly, and I will say this, uh, he's one of the few guys, I think, one of the few actors, I think, that's out there that 
uh, most, a lot of guys would be like, yeah, he seems like he'd be cool to go have a beer with or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then mo- and then a lot of women would be like, ooh, George Clooney, he's dreamy. You know? Dreamy. So, really. Because yeah, most I guys, know. I think most guys, when it well, came to... Well, because he's seen... He's a, he's a little bit of classic Hollywood, and I think he plays that up. Oh, And he's sure. one of the few adult actors that plays adult roles. Sure. Like Brad Pitt, who's in his 40s, still making movies like he's 25. Sure. But, well, I think it's funny, though, because it's like uh, a lot of the, the stars mm-hmm. out there in movies these days, and we're even going back, you know, talking about, like, Twilight and stuff like that. Most of the guy movie stars out there, I think most average guys would be like, I would rather punch him in the face than go have a beer with him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and then most girl weenies. Yeah, yeah. And then like most girls would say about most girl movie stars, she's such a bitch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. It's like you, you see very few people that cross over that line. True. So, anyway, but the movie didn't really look that good. It, no, it, it actually really didn't. It looked fairly standard, Clooney-esque thriller. It looked very generic to me, which was mm. it was kind of surprising because, like we were talking about uh, endlessly, apparently, uh, you know, he, he tends to make movies that, that at least if they don't come across as well as they should have, they were at least interesting. Right. But that movie looked very generic. Mm-hmm. So it looked like a generic European assassination thriller, if we can say. Assassinos Europinos. <laughs> hey! Yeah, no, I was not exactly real excited to see that. Meh. But you know, meh. meh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, anything else? Any? Uh, uh, where can you reach us, Phil? Hey, wait, I'll answer that. Indeed. Uh, you can reach us at canyoufbi at gmail.com. Indeed. You can download us at podcastmachine.com slash podcast slash 1492. You can look us up on iTunes, Indeed. which for some reason iTunes hates us, and I don't know why. I looked up the alphabetical listings mm-hmm. on iTunes. We weren't there, but I did a search. There we are. I, iTunes just... We're not that we're, popular yet. You know what it is? They don't want us to take over iTunes. They know <laughs> they that don't it, like putting the star star. Yeah, well, maybe they don't like the swearing. <laughs> so anyway, okay, so you can find us on iTunes, podcast, podcast machine. Facebook. Uh, us. Fa- Ooh, Facebook, yeah. Um, I still haven't gotten around face to doing Face us. Fa- face thing us. Um, <laughs> face plant us. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. I just that made me laugh. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so lots of myriad ways yeah, to yeah. find and or listen. You get the point. Send Have us. a nice evening. Can you fucking believe it? Thank you.